It's the payoff pitch with Quentin Pelzel and Luke Bagoni on VIC Radio Ithaca. All right, live from VIC Radio, it's the payoff pitch. Quentin Pelzel, Luke Bagoni with you on this Sunday morning. We'll take you all the way up till 10 a.m. undercovered with Emily Adams and Alora Lagarde. will come your way then, but until then... We've got a lot to talk about. It's going to be one hour mad dash of going through every single topic throughout the rest of the week. We weren't here last week, so we got a ton to get into. But first, I want to talk to Luke. Luke, how are you doing today? I'm doing incredibly well, Q. As you mentioned, a lot to talk about in the sports world this morning. We had a bunch of UFC fights last night. The Mets are underway. The MLB is underway. The Knicks, we'll get into them. They are on fire right now. We got the NFL draft coming up on Thursday. I can't wait to get into this episode. How you doing though? How you been? You know what? I'm doing I'm doing all right. Didn't get to bed till a little late last night. Got a long day today, but you know what? I'm ready to go. I'm energized. I had a banana this morning. Start your morning that... off right, nutritious, and you know what? I took a nice that long shower in the morning definitely helps you just steam it up. Yep. And I was in there for like literally 25 minutes just yep. standing there. <laughs> And uh, you know what? I feel I feel really good right now. Good. I really do. Glad so, to hear. Let's get right into it. Now, I can't remember if you are a big UFC fan or not. So, uh, no, I'm not a huge fan. I don't really know any of the major fighters outside right. of when there's a fight. And I, I usually know the major, the big card, okay, the main so card. I'm kind of in the same boat as you. So, UFC 261 last night, it was huge. A uh, lot, lot of stuff to unpack there. Yeah. Um, there was obviously major injury mm-hmm. that was, I would say, top three most gruesome injuries I've ever seen. Yeah. I said at the in the moment that like that was the worst that I've ever seen, but like then again, like I thought about Kevin Ware and Kevin, Kevin Ware. Ware's was pretty bad. Kevin Ware's was awful, but I also think Kevin Ware was the first we'd seen something like that. I think in a long time of our like of our sports watching generation. I feel like, I mean, I don't remember anything prior to that, but that was like the first gruesome, nasty injury that we saw. So fans like you and I at our age are always going to remember that specific play. And then ever since then, there's been a good amount of those kind of injuries. You had Paul George. It happened to him. I, I know there are others just not coming up to my head right now. But, yeah, last that was it was wild. He, he went for the kick and came back, and he didn't even realize until he planted his foot from returning the kick. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he was on the ground, and I was like, oh, my God. I, I turned around, and I was like, that is that was awful. Yeah, no, that was that was just absolutely just mind-boggling. I didn't like I of course I looked away like right like live when that happened and oh. like I didn't know. All I saw was just I heard I did hear like some sort of pop and I don't know if it was maybe just the impact of his leg on another person's leg or mm-hmm. if it was actually the snap of the leg. I I don't even know, but I mean that was crazy. Chris Weidman is the name of the guy um and what he did, he basically just went for a kick, just yep. like a normal kick, just like they do in UFC all the mm-hmm. time. Go for a normal kick, and then on impact, the leg just just oh, sna- just uh. went in a way that legs are not supposed to go. Yeah, that, that's that's what I'll put it at. The, I'll put it at that. But uh, that was definitely horrible to see, and uh, hopefully he's doing all right. I guess there was a report last night, like right at like right towards the end of. The broadcast, they said that his leg is stabilized. So okay, yeah. whatever that means, I don't know what stabilized means. No one's freaking out. So I'm going to assume that it's He's okay. not losing it, so that... Yeah, no, that's good. That, it definitely, that's good... He definitely... Like, seeing that, and if you told me that his leg had to be amputated for that, I would not be surprised. Uh, uh, I would okay. not. All right, <laughs> on to the main card. Kamaru Uzman and Jorge Masvidal, I mean... There was a lot of a lot of hype going into this fight. Usman was the heavy favorite. They fought before Usman won. They did take it to a decision. Wasn't really sure what to expect this time around. And it was a pretty interesting first round. Both landed punches, and then Usman came out in the second round and just popped Masvidal. Yeah, wait, when, so it ended, I think, like one minute into the second round. round. It yeah. was just... And what was so weird about this fight was Masvidal was like... He was like almost egging Usman on yep. and like laughing at him. He la- no, like, he was. Yeah, he, he so did, like he's... Usman was landing punches on Masvidal, and uh-huh. I don't think Masvidal really landed like any like critical hits. Yeah, like maybe like one or two punches here and there in the in the, in the stomach, but like Usman was landing hits. Yeah. He was dominating. And then yeah, well, it was right before the knockout. I think Usman landed a punch somewhere on the body or in his face. And Masvidal smiled and, like, laughed at him. Yeah. And I was like, what is this guy laughing for? All of a sudden, 
bam, gone. Yeah. Fight over. I mean, he, he deserved it. He certainly deserved it. And it was good at the end to see him um, definitely show respect to Usman. And they yeah, both showed respect. Nice. But before that, I mean, they, they didn't even tap gloves they at the didn't beginning. Tap gloves. They, they, no, they, they were... act like they hated each other. Yeah, no, they, they, they definitely seemed like, I mean, as someone who doesn't, like we said, like doesn't really follow intensely, seeing them just for the first time come together objectively from a unbiased standpoint, it looked like they had wild beef, like an un, yeah. un, a crazy amount of beef. So, I mean, Usman gets the final laugh, and that's the second time he's beaten them, so imagine those two won't fight again. No, I think Usman, that's definitely Usman's fight, and Masvidal should probably uh, look to fight someone a little lower. But, but uh, I mean, it was definitely just an awesome card. I loved it. Uh, I really haven't, like, before this semester, I really didn't watch a lot of UFC at all. And uh, I think whatever it's been, um, you know, I've I've actually thoroughly enjoyed watching UFC this semester. And I think I'm going to just keep watching it mm-hmm. for, like, the rest of my life, really, because I just love the entertainment value. Like, it's not every weekend. That's what I kind of like about it. It's, like, yeah. spaced out. So it's, like, once a month mm-hmm. where they'll have, like, this insane card with all these terrific fighters, yep. huge storylines. And UFC does a great job of hyping stories up, too, mm-hmm. and advertising. So a lot of people will be talking about it, and then literally all the hype going up to the UFC event. And more often than not, the fights, uh, and tell me if I'm wrong, they they live up to what they've been advertised to be. Mm-hmm. I I agree. And I I also like the, the how the fights are not every single weekend, because I think then it would lose its... Lose its interest from some people and lose its value and then you know when you get a great car like last night you're gonna get a lot of people to tune in but yeah same i've kind of gotten more involved or more of a fan i guess this semester still not a ton and honestly i don't see myself becoming a huge huge fan but yeah you know last night was definitely a lot of fun by the way did you see the uh the crowd in the the arena i did not there were there were a ton of people like a lot there there were more people like post COVID, then I think that they used to put into stadiums pre COVID. <laughs> like it was crazy. Oh. It was just like it, not that like I was just like off put by it, but I was just like so surprised oh, because like nice. it's been so long since we've seen yep. an arena or just an indoor facility that packed. Uh, I mean, I mean it's Jacksonville, Florida. They don't have any mask mandates. They can do whatever they want. But uh, it was definitely interesting to see for yeah. sure. Yeah, but. So, good UFC card. Uh, let's get into some baseball now. Um, the Mets, they're doing all right. They're 8-8. Eight eight. Yankees, not so much. They're not doing too well. But let's first start with the Mets. They lose a tough one last night, 7-1. to one, Or actually, yesterday, I should say, 7-1. to one. Marcus Stroman's first game where he doesn't really show that he's got a lot in him. Goes four innings, gives up four runs. Mm-hmm. The errors plagued the Mets. The bullpen, not good. But um, I think the most evident thing that's wrong about the Mets right now is just they can't hit. Yeah. Yeah, put it simply, they can't hit. And yeah. you can't expect Stroh to come out and be this insane pitcher every time he's out. He had a point nine area through three starts coming into yesterday. So and you can't really blame the loss on him. Like, yeah, he didn't have a great performance, but as I said, you can't expect these wild performances week in and week out. The Mets aren't hitting. I mean, one run last night. I think it was two runs in the three-two Cub loss in the in the extra inning yeah, loss. Yeah, they, they scored like eight night before, total runs. Night before, I think it was sixteen-four. Yeah, I mean, like uh, yeah. I mean, they got six runs in the Degrom start. Finally, I mean, Degrom gets some run support. Degrom drove some of those in. Nimmo had a hot bat. So, but it's 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 upsetting. But again, it's early in the season. They're eight and eight. The Cub sweep was a little tough. They were seven and four heading into that series. A lot of optimism between guys like Quentin and I, and now. Kind of set back to earth a little bit at eight and eight. Yeah, no, we can definitely talk all we want about all the you know the mistakes that the Mets have made and how bad the bullpen has been, how bad the defense has been, especially JD Davis. Um, but you know, if you're not scoring runs, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like if you're scoring one run a game, two runs a game, even three runs a game, like and four runs a game, like you're not going to win a lot of games. It shouldn't doing that. be. Like, when I say the Mets put up two runs in the first. Four or five innings. I'm like, wow, okay. Like that shouldn't that shouldn't be my initial reaction. Like this team has bats. They should not be this poor at hitting to start yeah. out the season. So that oh, that is that is definitely the most bizarre thing. Like up and down this lineup, you got guys that should be doing a lot better than what they're doing. Like Lindor, he's batting 207. Yeah. And when when do we get to the point where 
um, we start talking about moving Lindor down in the lineup. I like, think is that, I think is it's got to be early. No, I think it is too early. I think I mean he's played 16 games with a new team, just signed the massive contract in a new city. I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt just because I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm probably a little biased, but I think give him a little bit more time. Can't continue to struggle like this. So, at what point do you then have the talk with Lindor and say, you know what, you're not quite getting it done at the top champ. Go down. If between 30, 40 games, or it's 16 right 30 now. 30 to 40 games, and if he's still batting 207, is that, that when that you, 40, that when yeah, you then, then maybe you can start switching something up. Really? You're going to give it 30 to 40 games? You're going to wait until right the Mets now. could possibly be like 5 or 10 games under 500? They're going to be 10 games under. Oh, let's say we get to 30. That means they have 14 more games to play. They're okay. not going to be 10 games under 500. They're not going to go. They're not going to go. Uh, what's that breakdown? 14 games. You sound so sure that they're not going to do that. They're not going to go two and 12. They're scoring one or two. They're runs not a going game. two or 12. Q, come on. You know they that. can't have Degrom pitch every single game. Like I, I, on, I think that you know when Degrom pitches, one or two runs a game is fine. But oh, like, yeah. Degrom doesn't pitch every single game, and they're scoring one or two runs a game. And you think that well, you're I'm, just saying so confidently they're not going to be five games under 500? No, I'm, I'm saying they're not going to be ten games under 500. They're they not might gonna be, go, they th- may not be ten, but they might be seven. Seven. That's seven still, games under. That's still what's that? What's that breakdown? Fourteen. Fourteen games. You go seven games under 500 right now. I mean, like, I just don't see them being that poor. But they might or, not be that poor. But like, I mean, if would, you're not would, scoring would, runs, you got to change would, something put, up. Would would moving just Lindor change everything up? You think? Lindor is the second lowest batting average right now <laughs> in the starting nine. And you know what? The other guy? Conforto? No. No, actually, it's not. It's McNeil. Oh, God. It's McNeil. Oh, Conforto's actually batting uh, 212. That, 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 there's, a good, there's a good indication of how bad the Mets lineup has been. There's multiple. I mean, who's batting highest? Outside of Nimmo, who's, who's second highest? Second highest. Okay. Um, well, you can probably guess it. Try to guess. Guess who it is, and then what do you think he's batting? What do you think Nimmo's batting? Let's just start with Nimmo. Is Nimmo batting like 380 right now? He's batting a little higher than that. 392. Yeah. 392, and Nimmo's on base percentage is close to 500. He's been spectacular. He really has been. All right, so second highest on the team. And let's see if Luke can guess it in two guesses. No, don't look it up. I'm not. I'm not. not. Dom Smith? It is not Dom Smith. Dom Smith is betting two thirty two. Oh, Degrom. No, no, I'm not talking no. about Degrom. I'm not talking about any pitchers. I'm talking about just the everyday position players. Repeat. No, James Pete. McCann. No, Pete. It's not James McCann either. It's J.D. Davis. Oh, okay. J.D. Davis betting three sixty. Okay, <sighs> so you have Brandon Nimmo betting three ninety two. You got J.D. Davis batting 360. And then in third, I think it's going to be Pete Alonso with 259. That's oh, dreadful. that drop off. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. It's dreadful. And then you got a lot of guys batting like 230 and then 212 and 188, 207. Like yeah. It's... I mean, things have to look up, though. Like, they can't continue to bat like this. They're too good of play. They're too good of individual players to continue to bat this poorly. Like... No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree with you. But at some point... You got to change something up because it's not working. The whole lineup continues. I I was looking strictly at Lindor. If the whole lineup continues to play this poor, then I go maybe another ten games and see another ten games. Okay, ten more games. All right, not Um, bad. So, what I would do though, personally, if I was Luis Rojas making the lineup every single day, we're assuming that he does actually make the lineup every single day, and it's not a general manager doing that. I would stay with Nimmo leadoff. Tell me, tell me how you think. Tell me how you. uh, would evaluate this lineup, all right? Nimmo leadoff. I would have Pete at two, just okay. like last year. Was mm-hmm. it last year or the year before when he had the awesome year? Yeah. Alonzo two. Keep Dom Smith three. JD Davis four. I would even move Conforto down to like six. I'd have Lindor bat five. Lin, uh, Conforto six. McNeil seven. James McCann eighth, and then the pitcher spot nine. See, I like that because I I like spreading it out a bit, yeah. and you have a lot of power spread across that lineup. And right, it, it's deeper. It's a yeah. lot deeper when you make that lineup like uh-huh. that. I mean, and it's Conforto. It's literally Conforto batting six, and then 
and then McNeil batting eighth or seventh. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's that's pretty that's pretty good. Yeah, you're not using all your top guns in the first first five batters. And you batters. know what the Mets did when Degrom pitched was Degrom actually hit eighth. Yeah, yeah, they changed the lineup up. Like Joe Madden was the first one to do that, like five years ago, and everyone was like, "Whoa, what is Joe Madden doing?" And like, now people are doing it. Uh huh. And you can do it too because Degrom is like a top three hitter on the Mets anyway. So like, <laughs> batting him eighth or even like I wouldn't even mind him batting seventh or sixth, honestly, because mm-hmm. Degrom just oh, does he, it all. But he rates. He does. So he he is literally he's like he's like six for ten right now, six mm-hmm. for ten, and he's on his way to winning a Cy Young. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's got 50 strikeouts over 101 batters. Yeah. I mean, uh, and every yeah. single time he goes out there, I'm just like... I'm in awe. Remember when... So it was like two years ago when he... In, during spring training, he wanted a new contract. Yeah. And it was like one year before, like, his last year. So he's still two years left on his deal, and he still wanted, like, a new contract. Because, mm-hmm. like, he deserved it. It was coming after a Cy Young. And if he just waited, like, literally one more year... He would be getting paid so much. Money. Like it'd be like close it'd be over two hundred million, right? Dude, Brody Brody screwed him. Just like he screwed the Mets. Well, uh, no, I mean the Grom screwed himself. His, well yeah, no, his no, agent Bro- screwed Brody himself. was Brody was his agent and then became the Mets GM. And I'm sorry he had some sort of And now I think the Grom but... has new representation. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm not gonna, does. I, I think I think that was a thing. He's gonna want to get paid, and rightfully so. I mean he's been the best pitcher in baseball. Like Simply the best pitcher in baseball right now. It's not even close, guys. Uh, I I do have to push back a little bit. It is a little close. With who? Now, I don't know if you know this guy. He's on. He's a pitcher on the Brewers. Do you know who I'm going with here? No. Starting pitcher for the Brewers. His name is Corbin Burns. Oh right, he has been. He has been very very good. Do you do but, you know like relatively what his stats are right now? No, but I know a lot of people are talking about him. All right. Um. So if you don't know, you're actually going to be in awe when I tell you this. Like, Degrom, Degrom is doing great. Okay, he's doing. He's, he's like better numbers than video game. Okay, mm-hmm. these are just absurd numbers from Corbin Burns. Okay, mm-hmm. just absolutely absurd. I do want to preface this by saying Degrom does have a lower ERA and more strikeouts, but the stats I'm about to read to you from Corbin Burns are just crazy. They're mind blowing. So Corbin Burns does have a low ERA. And it is .37, okay? Wow. DeGrom's is .31. <laughs> but Burns is three, .37. How many strikeouts do you think he has in 24 innings? 50? He has 40. So he's 40. 40, 40 strikeouts. I, I, you, I, you raised my expectations. Yeah, no, I, so did. I, was... I, I did do that. So he had 40 strikeouts in 24 innings. How many walks do you think he has? I'm going to go low on the five. Zero. Zero? He has zero, zero walks. walks. Wow. 40 strikeouts, zero walks for this guy. And it's not like this guy has always been, like, a huge control pitcher. Like, he walked 24 guys in 60 innings last year. And yeah. now he's, he went from walking 24 guys in 60 innings to he's walking having, zero in 24. He's having one of those pitcher years where they just come out and have the year of their career so far. I mean, there's still obviously a lot of baseball to be played, but when you come out starting this strong... Like, what do you think that is? Like, do you think they should, like, I know the MLB has been talking about moving the mound back, like, six inches. Like, do you think that would help? I I honestly, I have no clue. <laughs> I, I've never, I've never played baseball. I honestly, so. You never played uh, baseball? No, I've never played baseball. So you were just a soccer guy? No, I never played baseball growing up. Like, I played wiffle ball, obviously. Right, but, but so you were just a soccer guy in high school. Yeah, so- soccer, 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 basketball, and lacrosse. Oh, uh-huh. you played basketball, too. Okay, I didn't even know that. And you played lacrosse? Yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't even know that. Okay. But, oh, and that's, well, I want to shift over now. The other team in New York, the Yankees, 5-10, and ten, won three in a row, two came, or three have come against the Indians. All three came against the Indians, right? Uh, well, I think they won two. They've won two in a row, and then they won the last game against the Braves. So they won three in a row. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, no, they're 9-11 and 11 right now. So they started off really badly. I mean, yeah, like, they, it was, it they, was really bad. They can't bad. pitch. They were, they, they were, there was stuff going around the Internet. It was, um, they were the worst team in the American League. I, I mean, their schedule lightens up right now. So, you know, Yankee fans are going to be out and about now. Play the Indians again today. Then they get a four-game set with the Orioles, and then they get a three-game set with the Tigers. Yeah, but so. it, it was definitely a good game last night. It was 
Garrett Cole, Shane, Shane Bieber. Bieber. Yeah. It's always I love watching these pitching performances yeah. from like all like the best pitchers in baseball going at it. Like there's not really much better than that. So mm-hmm. it was a two to one game, as you would expect. Very low scoring. Yankees getting all their runs in the fifth inning. Uh, they only had five hits on the day. And talk about so we're talking about the Mets offense being terrible and not scoring any runs. How about the Yankees offense? That is the main reason why they're not winning games mm-hmm. is because their offense has been horrible. Their defense has been terrible. Their bullpen has been okay. Mm-hmm. But and outside of Garrett Cole, yeah. their pitching staff has been terrible. Yeah, I mean, it was. I haven't, I haven't checked in a couple of games, but probably around five, six games ago, they were the worst starting staff in baseball based on ERA. Yeah, and it's not Garrett out, Cole's out, and fault. It was, yeah, actually, that was a mislead. They weren't the worst, but if you took away Garrett Cole, then they were the worst. Cause I remember I had to. I, had to I bet you it was probably not even close. It's no, probably it's, like, no, they it, probably it was like it was like mid six without yeah. Garrett Cole. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm intri- I'm intrigued to see how this team's gonna obviously do the rest of the season because this lineup I don't see it getting. I mean, it's not very good. No, well, right now it's not very good on paper. Like they got they got some studs in this lineup, mm-hmm. and they got let's see how many. Oh, no, I, I've met the rotation, but yeah, the line oh, the, li- oh, okay. the lineup. Yeah, the lineup will definitely get better. The rotation is my main worry. I mean, Corey Kluber, this is not 2017. Jameson yeah. Tyone, not the top draft pick everyone thought he was going to talk to be he's okay right he's fine um you know so you got jordan montgomery as well yeah. who has been less than stellar and then domingo herman who actually pitched okay um that first game against the indians but outside of that like it's been it's been it's a drag for yeah. the yankees but yeah i think the lineup will get things going there too they got five guys on the interstate right now <laughs> batting 185 172 149 Jeez. 182 189. That's that's dreadful. That's poor. And we were we were just ragging on the Mets for that, but like that's that's really <laughs> really bad. And it would be one thing if the Yankees were losing, you know, if they were hitting and you know they just, they just weren't pitching one night, and then if they were not hitting and then they were pitching one night, but like they're not doing anything, mm-hmm. and it actually looks embarrassing to be honest. Yeah. No. And... Did you see when uh, the Yankees were getting blown out by the Rays and? The Yankees fans started throwing baseballs on the field. I didn't. I didn't see it live, but I saw the highlights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Yankee fans are ruthless. They, That's embarrassing. They they have no patience for anything. Like if they're losing, you're you just go on Twitter. You see Yankee fan during that stretch. It was like this is the worst franchise of all time. I hate the Yankees. I hate the Yankees. So I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, they are. They're insufferable for like, sure. Stop complaining so much about everything. Yeah, I mean they're the Yankees. At the end of the day, they're gonna be contending for a playoff spot at the very least. But I yeah. did want to ask one question. When so if the Yankees continue this slide and they just continue to be around 500, you know, two or three games under, maybe, you know, at 500, do you think Aaron Boone's job would ever at any point in this season be in jeopardy? Yes. Really? I I do. I remember I've it was a summer. It was a summer I worked at Yankee Stadium, and there was a an older guy. Who, Wait, you worked at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, I was. I was. What did you do? I worked with the Swedes. It was okay. So it, you were like, it, I was just like, like a waiter. Tickets? No, I wasn't oh. like anti. I was doing like tickets and stuff like that. But it was a guy I rode the train with every single day who'd been there, who'd been doing that job. He was a retired psychologist, been working there with the Yankees. That was like a post retirement job for like ten, fifteen years, and he know he knew a lot about baseball. Obviously, that's why he got into it, and. He always talked about it was right after Joe Girardi was done with the Yankees and Aaron Boone, and he was like, like some baseball managers, great, stay with teams for a long time, but the Yankees managers always seem to have a short manager life because that's just how it is. And he wouldn't, didn't explain it past that because I didn't really question it. But this Yankees team continue to struggle as if they do continue to struggle, and the Yankee fans become more and more ruthless. It depends how poor they are, at what point, at what point in the season we're talking about, they're really, they're really looking like they're outside of a playoff spot. Then yeah, I think we see Boone gone. They've got a short manager life. Yes. Is that what he said? What yeah. do you mean by that? Like, they're just not in the. They're just not not with the Yankees a long time. Yeah, they're not there for a ton of ton of time. What would you define as a long time for for a manager? More than five years? Yeah, I mean, probably a little longer than that. Was, how long was Pro- Joe Girardi there? Like ten years? I think he was like ten. All right. What about before, before that, that with Joe Torre? How many years was he there? Like there, ten years? Yeah. And then how about before that, like Billy Martin? He was like there. I don't know I, if, I don't if Billy know. Martin actually I, I, it. I, What was that guy talking about? I, Maybe I, when he was growing up, like sixty years ago. Yeah, I mean he was like seventy-five years old. 
Oh, okay. But, like, recently, like, the Yankees have actually had a pretty good run with managers as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, Joe Torre and Joe Girardi, they've been. But Girardi won a World Series pretty early, and Torre was a notorious manager. So, are we. Boone has not won that thing yet. And. I mean, Boone's won. Yeah, they haven't. 200 made... games twice. Yeah, but. I mean, we've seen so many coaches have success in the regular season across all sports, and. Would you say that it's Boone's fault, though, for them not hitting in the postseason? I don't think so. I think Boone's been doing a fantastic job, and I do not think at any point in this year his job will actually be in jeopardy. I just think that the Yankees have been too good, and they're going to find a way out of it. And even if they don't, even if they stay around 500 and miss the playoffs, I still think Boone is going to be they coming back. They miss the playoffs? I don't, I don't see him coming back. You it's, think Boone's gone? Yes, you they think miss the playoffs? Boone is gone you, if they don't course, make the playoffs? I mean, yes, great. They've won 100 games. They, made, they haven't made it past the ALCS. I made the World Series. The, yeah. Mets have made the, the Mets have made the World Series more recently than the Yankees. That's true, but like the dude, like the dude has won. Dwayne Casey won Coach of the Year for the Raptors. I mean, the, the NBA is different. The I'm, NBA just saying, is absolutely I'm just saying, different. though, just because you have regular season success, I'm telling you, Brian Cashman, if the Yankees, if the Yankees don't make the playoffs this year with this roster, I don't see Aaron Boone coming back. He'll be back, and it's yeah. I mean, I mean he I will be they're back. Gonna, they're going to make the playoffs, so. It, it's not looking good right now. We're 16 games into the season. Or That's true. 20 yeah. games in. April, April is a notorious month to you know overblow expectations and uh, just over-exaggerate every single thing that happens. Is because games do not happen very often. Yeah. And the Mets certainly know not playing a lot. Um, but it's always fun to critique like oh, yeah, one game every else, other day. Because, to do. Yeah, because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> My baseball team's not playing, and it's fun to just over-critique after just one game. But it is 9.26 here on VIC Radio. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, however, we'll be talking some NBA. How about the Knicks? The Knicks, nine games in a row. We're going to get into that right here on VIC Radio. Do not go anywhere. We will be right back. One-third pop bops, one-third rock songs, and one-third alternative beats creates The Mix. Fridays at 6 p.m. on the best of what's next. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Turn the dial to 10 with no sleep till noise pollution from 9 to 10 p.m. Friday nights. Start your weekend off right with a concoction of all kinds of punk, rock, and folk music from all different time periods. Every week will be a different and interesting theme. From music for your mosh pit to music for your cross-country road trip, I'm going to be playing it all. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Want to hear your favorite song sung by a different artist? Tune in to We Got It Covered on Thursdays from 10 to midnight, only on CIC Radio. I love to ride my bike so I can feel the wind through my hair. Hey, kid! Wear a helmet! No, wait, Grandpa, because then I'd look like an idiot. Ah! The majority of bicycle deaths are due to head injuries. Helmets reduce the odds of a head injury by 50%. Don't be a dummy. Wear a helmet. If you found $20 on a walk, you would think that's a lot of money. If you had to read 20 books for your class, you would think that's a lot of reading. If you had to stay awake for 20 hours straight, you would think it's a lot. But on the weekend of April 16th, four VIC radio DJs are going to show that staying awake for 20 hours is easy by staying up for 50. This year's 50-hour marathon benefits the Ithaca Children's Garden. More information at 50hours.org. 
I'm getting a catcher's mitt. I'm getting ice skates. I'm getting a jigsaw puzzle. I'm getting dying coral reefs. A blue bicycle. A walkie-talkie. I'm getting a severe drought. Cool black skateboard. I'm getting melted ice caps. A killer heat wave. A shrinking glacier. I'm getting a devastating flood. Adults are generous. We're even giving kids global warming. But it's not too late. We can still reduce greenhouse gas pollution. Go to fightglobalwarming.com. Brought to you by Environmental Defense, the Robertson Foundation, and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the payoff pitch. Quentin Pelzel and Luke Bagoni here with you on this fine Sunday morning. Just finished up some UFC and baseball talk. Now, we're going to get into the NBA a little bit because the New York Knicks are absolutely rolling right now. They've won nine in a row, have themselves as the four seed in the East, pretty much haven't locked themselves up with the playoff spot, but I think it's over 95% chance they make the playoffs right now. So Q and I are going to get to see something we haven't seen since, I believe, 2013-2014 season, and that is the New York Knicks in the NBA playoffs. They're going to be in the playoffs indeed. Of So they are the fourth seed right now, and I think they have to be top six in order not to play in that play-in game because— mm-hmm. I think six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. There's like a play-in game yes. that they have. So it's then, the. Do you understand? Do you, do you get it? I, do you get it? Yeah, I get right, it. All right. So it's, please explain it. So it's seven plays eight, and nine plays ten. So the winner of seven versus eight is in the playoffs, and then the loser of seven versus eight will play the winner of nine versus ten. Now the loser of nine versus ten is out, and the winner of nine versus ten will play the loser of 7-8, and the winner of that game will get the last playoff spot. I don't know if I like that. I, I, is, it, it, is it just a one, just one, one yeah, game? Yeah, one game. Yeah. Literally, it just comes down yeah, to so one game. So if you're 7-8, technically it's double elimination. If you lose two games, you're done. I don't like how 7-8 they play each other. Like 7-8 yeah. and then 9-10, why not 7-10 and then 8-9? Yeah. I, I don't get that. But um, as it is right now, the Knicks are the fourth seed. Uh, it looks like that they will probably end up with the four or five. I hope so. I hope we play the Hawks because I don't. I don't want to get this. I don't want to end up with the six and go to Milwaukee because that's just unfair. Not unfair. Like it's very fair, but harsh to a Nick team this year that's had so much fun to have to go up against Giannis and. Chris I would Middleton. agree. I would say that the East is a three-team race right now. The Nets are the first seed, um, the 76ers, and then the Bucks, and then it's the Knicks. They're 34. And 27. Who would have thought oh, that this team at the beginning of the year on paper with Knicks fans, like, we're, we're the same Knicks fans that were like, trade Julius Randle to play Obi Toppin at the beginning of the year. Play <laughs> Obi Toppin at all costs. He's better start. He better be playing 82 games, starting all of them, playing 40 minutes a night. But instead, it's Julius Randle who Who's, has just been taking the NBA by storm. Who I mean, he's not going to win the MVP, but... You know, he's kind of entered the conversation a little bit. I mean, he's going to win the most improved player of the year. If he doesn't, that's ridiculous. He'll be an all-NBA team player if, as long as he just doesn't completely choke the end of the season. I mean, the guy has been guy has been a revelation so far this year. R.J. Barrett has, has been fantastic as of late. He's shot incredibly well. Emmanuel Quickly, I love him. I love him. He's awesome. He like, is awesome. Like, coming off the, coming off the bench, great. Um... But, I mean, yeah, dude, if the Knicks get the five or the four and they get to play the Hawks first round and if they win that series, it would be a tough, tough series. It would be a lot of fun. If the Knicks won a playoff series, heads will roll. I saw a stat, and I'm trying to find it. It was on Twitter this morning. Uh, Man, it was – so it was comparing Kristaps Porzingis and R.J. Barrett. So through the first – and. I don't know if this is exactly right, but for the first like 60 games, Porzingis had 20 or like 25 20 point games. And everyone was like, oh my God, Christophs Porzingis, he's going to be the next big thing. RJ Barrett has more 20 point games and less games than Christophs Porzingis, and no one is talking about RJ no, Barrett. And I don't understand why no one talks about RJ Barrett. It, it frustrates me because this is one of the first rookies the Knicks have possibly hit on. In a long, long time. I mean, it's been a while. I mean, Porzingis, we hit on, but we traded him. So, it's exciting as a Knicks fan, and I wish he got more recognition, but Julius Randle's been, rightfully has the spotlight right now because, as I mentioned, he's entering the MVP conversation. He's going to be an all-NBA player, so. Yeah, you know, he has been, he's been great. Knicks winning yesterday, 120-103. to They beat the Toronto Raptors, a team that 
They should definitely beat the Raptors. Just haven't, no, they haven't just had haven't it this season. Yeah, no, it's just been an off year for them. I mean, they were they were the two seed in the East last year. Returned the roster coming in before the trade deadline this year. They had they had their team come back with Siakam, Van Fleet, Lowry. All all of them are still there. But and no, I was no. I, I've been waiting for the Raptors to just get going. Like so have I. I think like we all expected them to win like ten. 12, 10 games in a row, five, ten games in a row, but they've yeah, they never done off that. Slow. I think you and I, probably on our first or second show, we probably talked about the Raptors are going to improve. I mean, they're too talented, but yeah. they just haven't this year. So Nine games in a row, though, for the Knicks. Can you believe, like, can you just fathom that? Like, there's not many NBA teams that have even gone on, like, a six or a seven-game winning streak, let alone nine. They've won and nine. one of those teams is the Knicks. It's... It's wild. I just, so I'm smiling ear to ear. And some of the wins, I mean, the Hawk win where Reggie Bullock ties the game with two seconds left. The Pelicans game where they they look like they're out of it. They they come back. And it was. Oh. And that's actually a really good point because you know we talk about Julius Randle being so good, and he has been terrific. He had 31 points yesterday, and then RJ Barrett's been good, but. The Knicks are getting contributions from a lot of different guys. Like one night it'll be Alec Burks, who right now is out with COVID. Hopefully he's okay. Um, Alfred Payton. Um, you know, a, a lot of people rag on him, and he has that burner account on Twitter. Have you seen that? Yes. So he does. So Alfred Payton. I don't know. So it's not confirmed if he actually has that burner account, but there is very good evidence that it is Alfred Payton with a burner account that is stop, trying to stop all the Alfred Payton slander that is on Twitter because it's a lot. There's a lot. There is a lot of slander. Knicks fans do not like Alfred Payton. The, over, the overwhelming majority do not like Alfred Payton. And I actually am in the minority on that. I kind of yeah. like Alfred Payton. I think he's okay. I really do. I think Thibodeau loves him too, so mm-hmm. that's why he starts. Um, but you, met, that, you mentioned the contributions. I mean, Obi Toppin hit three threes yesterday over nine minutes, and Nick fans were going crazy about it on Twitter. It's, you, yeah, it's fun, like it's, I thought, I thought that was just funny. Like I see people are yelling about Obi Toppin. I checked stats. I was like, oh, three, three for four from three. That's cool. And nine minutes played, but I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm too like enthusiastic about Obi Toppin hitting threes. Like that's not who Obi Toppin. <laughs> is no. like he, he's not like a three-point shooter this is a guy who makes his living down in the paint and he should be down in the paint getting dunks put back layups you know mm-hmm. rebounds i don't really want to see him at the three-point line but whatever he, he hit three threes that's great and uh the knicks ended up winning but obi toppin and nerland's noel has been terrific as yeah. well um we saw Mitchell Robinson, he's had a bad year with the injuries. I don't know when he's even going to be slated to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, Nerlens Noel has been holding down the fort. He's Tyus Gibson, who they picked up <laughs> off the scrap heap. Oh, he's D. Been, Rose? He's been terrific. And Derek Rose, he, he's quickly developing into one of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. He's, he's been awesome. I, I love him and Tibbs as a combo. But Nerlens Noel has been a fantastic rim protector. I feel like every time I'm watching a Knicks game, he comes up with a – someone's going for a huge dunk on him, a poster dunk, and he – Rejects them. I mean, his his athleticism in front of the rim has been awesome. Yeah, I, I've been really impressed with what Nerlens Noel has done. Um, I certainly did not expect to get any production out of Noel, out of any production from um, Taj Gibson. How about Reggie Bullock? Like this is a guy who hasn't done anything in his career, and then the Knicks sign him to like a two year deal. Yeah, he was and part they of see the... something in him. Like give credit to this front office. Like they're just picking these guys up and they're contributing. No, he was part of the the onslaught of power forwards we signed last year. And we were like, what what are the Knicks doing? But yeah, he's been a he's been a contributor, as I mentioned in that I think it was the Hawk game game time three with two seconds left. You know, each Nick some some Nick player each of them have had their moments this year and it's been it's been fun to watch and hopefully it can translate to a playoff series win because as I said, heads will roll the next two winners. It's a roll, yeah. Uh, when do we start to talk about Tom Thibodeau as being the now. coach of the year? Now. Like he's got to be coach of the year, right? Yeah, it's a lock. It should be. I mean, the Knicks team they, through sixty games last year, they were eighteen and forty-two, and this year they were thirty-three and twenty-seven. You know how I am. There's no lock. There's no such thing as a lock. But like, this is a lock. Like it has to be, or else I'm gonna boycott the NBA. Yeah. I, if Tom Thibodeau is not the coach of the year. After doing this with the Knicks, then just get rid of the just get rid of the freaking award. Then that'd be a, it's a 15 game improvement across 60 games, and they're the four seed in the East, and there's a good chance they stay at that four or five seed. They stay. You go from a 
easy lottery pick. And the year before, the worst team in the NBA. You Two years later, you're not even in the play-in tournament games. You're just you're a firm playoff spot as a 4 or 5 seed with not signing a massive, massive free agent. I mean, you can't not give them the award. As, as Like I said, as long as the Knicks don't massively choke, which they won't. A team that's signed... Two massive free agents is the Brooklyn Nets. They are first right now in the East. Um, it's going to be without James Harden for about a month now. I know Katie's been in and out of the lineup. Kyrie Irving um, has been okay. Um, but you know what? Give credit to the Nets. We right. talk about the Knicks um, role players doing okay. The Nets have some role players that have been doing very well. Mm-hmm. Bruce Brown, Landry Shamit. And I was a huge believer in Shamit when they traded for him. I thought that that was a great pickup for them. Mm-hmm. He's just he's a great three-point shooter, 3 and D guy. That's exactly what you need. The mm-hmm. Nets the Nets have been, you know, we give them a lot of flack because they're the other team in town, but um they've been they've been having a terrific year. Yeah, that they have. And, you know, the three superstar thing has kind of been like a revolving door. It seems like Durant's always in and out, or he's out for a while and finds his way back in. And then Kyrie was out for a while. It was just Harden. And now Harden's been out for a while, and it's just Kyrie. I mean, come playoff time, it's going to be it'd be fun to watch these three play together, as long as it's not first the Knicks. Can you imagine what a series would be like? So if the Knicks can beat the Hawks, they would then take on the Nets. <laughs> And the Knicks, I mean, the Knicks beat the Hawks the other night. Uh, I think it would be a really interesting series. That game will probably go, the series will probably go five six, or six. Six or seven, sure. I'd say, honestly. Or that, six or seven, tra- I mean, yeah. Trey Young, Trey Young's going to show out, they're going to play off series. But I mean, the Knicks play the Nets, I mean. That'll be electric, uh, like uh, the, going to, from the Garden to the Barclays. Like yeah. that, that will definitely be electric. Um, I don't know. I think the Knicks would probably lose in like five. I'd but say five. Yeah, I, I, would, I, I would give I the Knicks, Knicks one game. I think Knicks though. would win a game. Yeah. Maybe one game. They, they've had so many close games with the Nets this year that they haven't won, but they deserve to win at least one of them. But yeah, I'd give I'd give them a game. But I mean, the Knicks. Let's let's face it. For Nets fans, the Knicks are a team that they don't want to play. Yeah. It's, Just because it's a lose lose scenario for them. Like. If they beat the Knicks, that's good because they should beat the Knicks. Uh-huh. They're a way better team than the Knicks. But if they lose to the Knicks, New York will be. Uh, that would be up. one of the biggest upsets in NBA history. If, it if would the, just if the be Knicks incredible. The and Knicks fans would never, ever let the three Nets fans or four Nets fans, however many there are, they would never <laughs> let them off the hook. Uh-huh. Ever. 100%. So. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it for the NBA. I mean, there's not really much happening. I mean, obviously, we got teams in the playoff race, but it's really, and in, in, in the West, too, like, the Warriors have that 10 spot, and then four games behind are the Pelicans. Like, mm-hmm. that's, the Pelicans aren't going to make the playoffs. And how the Pelicans not make the playoffs? Yeah, that's, I mean, Zion, B.I., B. Lonzo, all these young guys, and right. they just can't seem to get it together. And, you know, when the Knicks didn't get Zion, I, I was heartbroken, but... Listen to this lineup. They got they got Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Stephen Adams. That that should be a play. That's a, that's a better lineup than the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies are going to make the playoffs pretty comfortably. Like they right. they should be in the playoffs. It's there's no excuse. But it's Stan Van Gundy's first year, so I I don't see any change happening there. I forgot Stan Van Gundy was there. Yeah, I've always liked him too. Mm-hmm. I mean that 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 performance is almost enough to warrant just a fire right on the first spot. Like, right, right after the first year, honestly. I think, I think, I thought after they got Steven Adams, like a nice rim protector who's had a solid career, carved himself out a nice role in OKC, I thought they'd be a playoff team. Yeah, but you they, think they're they, going for they it, right? They still can't play defense. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's pretty much it um, for the Knicks, for the Nets. And let's see, when do the Knicks play again? I think they're off tonight. Uh, Brooklyn has a big game on ESPN 330 against the Suns. The Suns oh, have been good. the Suns are better than the Nets right now. They're yeah. 42 and 17. But uh, so Brooklyn will be playing the Suns tonight or today, I should say, on uh, national prime time. It's about 9:43 here on VIC Radio. We're taking all the way up until 10 a.m. this morning. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show. We're going to be talking about some NFL. we got the draft. We haven't even talked about the draft, and it's coming up in a few days. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Stay here on VIC Radio. Looking for your classic rock fix? Every Thursday, 6 to 8, you can join me, DJ Dog, on the kickback. Listen to some classic rock tunes right here on VIC. 
At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. <clears throat> VIC Radio. Hello. Hey, what's up? How are you? Good, good, you know. It's so typical of me to talk about. No, like, no. Tell me what you want to hear. That's why, you know, that's what radio DJs do. Take requests and, you know, are you, you're still talking. Okay. Sounds good. We take requests. Call in at 607-274-1059 or tweet us at VIC Radio. Medical mistakes claim tens of thousands of lives every year. The healthcare community is working on it, but you can help. When you communicate with your doctor, when you ask more questions, you reduce your risk of suffering a medical mistake. Doctors can't answer if you don't ask. Help reduce your risk. Questions are the answer. Learn the 10 questions you must ask. Visit www.ahrq.gov. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, and the Ad Council. Are you feeling depressed, melancholic, experiencing a case of the Mondays, blue, exhausted, emotionally drained, not excited, depressed, miserable, unhappy, dejected, or sad? Well, there's only one cure. Listening to Real Sad Lad Hours Mondays from 10 to midnight on VIC Radio. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and the victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We have heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Welcome back to the Payoff Pitch. Quentin Pelzel and Luke Bagoni here with you and Quinn, as we close off today's show, we got 13 minutes left. The NFL draft coming up on Thursday, and I mean, there's been a lot to us. There's been a lot of other things to talk about today. So, you know, the draft we could talk about for a whole hour, but like I said, we got 13 minutes for it. But and we know what the Jets. We don't know for sure, but it's pretty much a lock that Zach Wilson, as you said, locks don't exist. But this seems as close to a lock as you could get. Yeah, I would actually, I would be thoroughly surprised if the Jets don't actually end up taking Zach Wilson. And I would actually. Um, be really mad if they didn't take yeah. Zach Wilson. And so it looks like Trevor Lawrence will go number one, Zach Wilson two. And just as we were doing the show, I got a Bleacher Report update okay. saying um, 49ers have decided on number three, and it's from, it's from ESPN. San Francisco knows which QB will draft after breaking down Fields, Jones, and Lance. So that tells me that they're going to decide between those three, obviously, which we knew, but no Wilson obviously in there. They know... They, there's a good chance they know the Jets are, go, are doing. They knew Zach Wilson would fall. I'm sure they would have done. I'm sure we would have heard more research with the Niners and Zach Wilson. So that kind of just tells me the Jets, NFL teams think they're taking Zach Wilson. Do we know who the Niners will be taking? No, I doesn't say they, that here. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't been on, haven't been scrolling yeah. through Twitter. I haven't, I haven't scrolling through Twitter either. Um, you know, so we were on. We were literally recording our podcast like three, it was like three weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. When they made that deal, and like we instantly thought Trey Lance or even Justin Fields. Yeah. But how about Mac Jones? Like, there is a really good chance that Mac Jones will be taken with that third overall pick, and it's kind of crazy to think about the evolution of Mac Jones. Like at the beginning of the year for yeah. Alabama. Like, he wasn't even on draft radars yeah. at all. And, and then all of a sudden he has this huge year. And it wasn't even it wasn't even like he had the huge year, but it wasn't even like he shot up instantly. It's kind of been throughout this draft process. He snuck up boards a bit and come up yeah. and come up and come up. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, he's going to go three. That's what's being talked about now. So, but yeah, it's been a wild ride for him. I, I just don't see how the Niners I, – I don't understand why they wouldn't take Justin Fields, though. I don't know. I, I think – He'd excel in that Kyle Shanahan offense. He's got the ability to run. He's got a bit of athleticism. His time at Ohio State, he was awesome. I mean, two poor games. 
getting, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think Mac Jones fits that kind of style of offense better. I really okay. do. I think Justin Fields is more of a project, um, but he has tons of potential. Like, Justin mm-hmm. Fields has tons of potential. He, like, he was a guy who a lot of people thought the Jets were going to be taking at number two until mm-hmm. Zach Wilson had this terrific, like, three-week span yeah. in college where yeah. he just took oh, he, the world by storm. Yeah, I mean, looking at mock drafts all year long, because, you know, we're Jet fans, the Jets were slated at one for 15, 14, 15 weeks, and it was always Trevor Lawrence, one, going to the Jets, and Justin Fields was constantly locked in as two going to Jacksonville. Yeah, and uh, now it looks like Mac Jones will be that third overall pick. The first position player off the board looks like it's going to be Kyle Pitts, and I think it should. Kyle Pitts looks like an absolute stud. Yeah, you've been saying for a while that Pitts will go four. Yeah, so, I, I, I like Pitts. Unless I like there's Pitts. a trade there. I, the, the Falcons have so many options, honestly, with what they can do. They can go quarterback. They could go with the tight end. They could, I mean, they're not going to draft a receiver, so... I'm not a big combine guy. Like I don't really watch the combine too much. I know a lot of my friends do. Um, do you do you watch the combine? I enjoy watching it, but I don't take I don't I don't use that as the be all or end all. Oh, and like of, the pro days too. Like the pro, pro days, days I don't the watch pro days either. are just absolutely so overblown. Like you got these quarterbacks, even Zach Wilson too. So like Zach Wilson had a great pro day. He like really rolled out. He was going towards the sideline and threw it like sixty yards. Okay, that is great. Yeah, like, like okay, he's without any shoulder pads on, no pressure on him. Put some shoulder pads he's on. Let's get toss. a pass rush and see how he does. He's playing toss. I Why mean, can't a lot, he do a that? lot of people, a lot of people can throw a ball pretty far. Right. Like, Everyone people is going, people going crazy about that. They're like, yeah, it was cool. It's fading off his back shoulder, but like, and, and it's not just Zach Wilson either. Uh, but like people slobber all over these pro yeah. days, uh-huh. and it's just so overblown. Like. They're gonna go. They're gonna do well. That's what they do. They throw the ball. They throw the ball really well, and that is why they're gonna be picked in the first round. We don't have to analyze every single throw made in the pro day. And I know Mac Jones actually didn't have the greatest pro day. He overthrew a couple guys, and there was a meme on Twitter with Bill Belichick just shaking his yeah, head. Yeah, but even and, even with overthrowing, like okay, I yeah. mean, so, so what? I, He's gonna miss a throw. He's like, gonna miss a gonna throw happen. every now yeah, and then. Yeah, like I mean, if you looked at the NFL season, you know how many throws Tom Brady missed. A lot, ton, a ton of throws, <laughs> and I'm not just I'm not just singling out Tom Brady because I hate him, but I do hate him. I'm, I might have been singling them out, but anyway. Uh, so yeah, I mean the first three picks looks like it's going to be a quarterback. Maybe the Falcons pick a quarterback. I don't know. I mean if they can add if they add Kyle Pitts, you talk about an offense Jeez. with Matt Ryan. They got don't they? They still have Todd Gurley, or unless they released him. I don't no, know if they still have Todd Gurley. I don't even. Hmm. Know where he is, honestly. Yeah. Might, I, I mean, I'm really not even going to try and guess because I have no idea where he is. But no, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Calvin Kyle Ridley, Pitts. And then who's uh, the tight end? Oh, Hurst. Yes, Hayden Hurst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hurst and they kept, Pitts. They kept Hooper. Jesus. But yeah. Uh, I mean, a running back, they're still. I don't, yeah, I don't even know who's going to be. You don't still, really need I mean, a running back. You, I mean, Pitt, you have Matt Ryan, have Pitts, Jones, here. and Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Julio Jones can stay healthy. That's the best That's the best trio in football. Yeah. And for the Giants now, they pick 11 in the draft, and I think probably a defensive player would be yeah, they, would be good. Maybe offensive they, line yeah, as well. Yeah, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of love from Giants fans talking about Rashawn Slater or Penny Sewell somehow drops to there. That'd be a really fun pick. So, Giants, Giants Gettleman's done a nice job, and I guess this offseason and helping this roster out where they have some flexibility in this draft because the defense was really good towards the end of last season. Yeah, and no, there's a lot of positions you can go with. So, I mean, I'm honestly really intrigued to see who the Giants end up with at 11. Um, the Cowboys at 10, I think. I was just going to ask you, what do you think your team, the Cowboys, will do at 10? Like, yeah. So, I, I think it should be corner. I think it should be Patrick Sertain. Uh, him and Trayvon Diggs played together in Alabama for a number of years. Diggs now going to be a Cowboys starting corner. Sertain, really Really good one-on-one defender. That's exactly what the Cowboys need. The Cowboys couldn't guard any receiver last year. They couldn't cover a nosebleed last year. So going out and getting a corner is my choice. Um, I think you go O-line if Penny Shul is there, honestly, because Tyron Smith, we're reaching the end. He's got neck injuries year in and year out. Been a solid NFL O-line player, more than solid. He's been a great NFL offensive line player for such a long time, taking a beating. Maybe going out and getting Sewell, who can play right tackle or left tackle, would be beneficial. I mean, Dak's got this long contract now. 
But then again, you still have to address that defense. So at the end of the day, it should be a cornerback. If Kyle Pitts is miraculously there at 10, it's going to be Kyle Pitts. Because like, Jerry, Jerry, you know Jerry, wants the flash, wants the, the most attention, and that's going to be if that's the flashy pick, obviously. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot here. So we're going to do first five picks in the draft, okay? Okay. You come up with the first five, and then we'll analyze it on Friday or whenever we uh, record our podcast again, mm-hmm. okay? All right, so first overall pick. I think, I think we can agree on the first two. Okay. All right, we can agree on the first two. Let's do, right, let's do the next five, okay, yeah, after so, the first so two. Some Deal? Three to eight. Three to eight we will do. So that three, is, to, three to seven. Three, so four, right five, now six, it is the 49ers, it is the Falcons, it is the Bengals, the Dolphins, and then the, then the Lions, I believe. Okay? So who do you think the Niners will be taking at three? I'm basing this off of how drafts, Betting odds have shifted. How Mac Jones was the massive favorite, and now it's come back to Justin Fields' favor. So, end of the day, I'm going to go with Justin Fields. Okay, three. so you go Justin Fields at three. How about four with the Falcons? If they can't, we, we're not going to do trade out. So, if they can't trade out, I think it will be Kyle Pitts. Just best player available there. All right, Stack let, me, up let, that me, let me write this down. So, you say. I have Justin Fields. Justin Kyle Fields, Pitts. and then Kyle. Hits. Okay. What about the Bengals at five? For them, it's going to be between Sewell and Jamar Chase, and I think you can't overlook. You you can't you can't keep avoiding protecting Joe Burrow. I mean, guy was destroyed last year, ended up with a torn ACL. So I'm going with Panay Sewell. Okay. As number five. Jamar. And then what about uh, the Dolphins? A lot of a lot of hype around See, them. Maybe taking Jamar Chase. There's a lot. Yeah, Smith. There's a lot of there's there's a lot of possibility for Miami there. I, I'm interested. I mean, do they really care about reuniting two on Devontae Smith? I think Jamar. I think Jamar Chase is a better receiver, so we'll go Jamar Chase at six. Yeah. All right. What about the Lions? All right. This at is the toughest seven. one. The Lions literally have needs everywhere. Q. Like you can, you can make an argument for anyone to be picked there. They uh, do. I, I honestly have no idea. Um, well, it could a go ton O-line. of players to pick from. It could go O line and Rashawn Slater. They could go Devontae Smith. They could go Jalen Waddle. They if you they could were go running Micah the Parsons. Lions right now, who would you go with? If I was running the Lions right now, yes. I mean, the quarterback situation isn't even great. I, I'd go Devontae Smith or I'd go Micah Parsons to just keep building up that All defense. Right, so you got to pick one. You can't have two. With I know one I can't pick. have two. Um, I know this isn't going to happen. But I'll go Micah Parsons. Parsons? Uh, okay. I, I don't I don't even know where to go with the Lions. I All right, get... so that's fair. So you got Fields, Pitts, Sewell, Chase, and then Micah Parsons. Yeah, my, I, Mike Parsons I know will not be right, but... I'm going to go with Mac Jones. With the Lions? No, with, with, uh, with the Niners. Okay. okay? I'm going to go Mac Jones. I will say Kyle Pitts. I will go Slater. Okay. Okay? And then I will go Jamar Chase. And, I mean... For the Lions, I, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There's needs everywhere. I would have said I honestly would have said Parsons. Okay, and I think I'm gonna stick with Parsons. Okay, I really do. I I, I think I think the Lions are gonna get Parsons, but I really like my three through eight. I like it a lot better than yours. I I think I think the Niners. I think, think Sewell will go ahead of Slater. Really, I think he's. Yeah. No, I think for some reason S- Slater will go ahead. I think Sewell will actually drop. And who knows? Giants could get him. Giants could get Sewell. Imagine that. Imagine them getting oh, be, Andrew Thomas be, and then Sewell. They'll be, they'll a lot be of Giants excited. fans would be hyped. Yeah, they'd be very excited with that. Oh, my gosh. That would be crazy. But that's gonna be, it's going to be so exciting. The draft is finally here. Draft it feels like we've been waiting so long. I remember when it was like two months out and then one month out and then three weeks and then two weeks. And now here we are less than, like, less than a week away. Yeah, five days. And uh, finally, the draft is here. We can finally... Um, get through into summer, and then uh, you know before we know it, the season will be starting. We got about a minute left here on the payoff pitch. Quinton Palazzo, Luke Bogoni with you, and we're gonna take you all the way up till ten. That's when the payoff pitch will come your way. They're gonna be, or that's when Undercover will come your way. Emily Adams and Alora Lagarde. Um, but we had a lot to get into, and we didn't cover everything. I did want to cover a little bit of the super team, but we don't have that much. Um, to go, did you want to do? Did you have any thoughts on Super Team League and what that is? It was long story short, it was a terrible idea. 
because it just ruined soccer for fans and for a lot of these small market small clubs that just die for their teams it just it, it they can't really get into it but it ruined it would have ruined a large portion of soccer yeah that just like that just came and went and i just i really like as soon as i started looking into it it was over it was all mm-hmm. done every all the teams bowed out but that'll do it for us here on the payoff pitch uh undercover will come your way next uh thank you for joining us on this sunday morning we'll be back next week we will not be live we'll be recorded on a friday so stick with us and enjoy the rest of your sunday